Welcome everyone to the Ohave Torah Har Lebanon Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur is Daf Kuf Tet Vav. We will begin from the Mishnah on Kuf Tet Vav Amunalf. Says the Mishnah as follows. Before we do the Mishnah, they'll give you the first little um, introduction. The introduction goes like this: uh, When there is a fire and a question of Sakanat Nefashot. Anything is allowed to be done to save a life. And therefore, a person is allowed, you'll see in a Mishnah, let's say a building wall in would have fall, fallen, and there's a 0.1% chance that there is a person alive underneath the building. You can and move all the stones and the rubble in order to possibly save someone's life. Um, this goes as well for a fire. And therefore, if there is a chance that there is a burning building, and there is a chance that uh, someone might get hurt from the burning building, someone might get killed in the burning building, you are permitted to put out the fire. Not only are you permitted to put out the fire, you are indeed obligated to put out the fire, okay? So in most fires in urban areas, uh, certainly New York City is one of these areas, uh, even if the house that you're in is uninhabited, the fact that it might, the fact that you're next door to a, um, to a house that is inhabited and you don't know how many inhabitants might be in that building and whether everyone's up or sleeping allows you to put out any fire, technically, even on Shabbat. No, even if a fire falls into the person's living room. And of course, you're not allowed to break Shabbat in order for, for the case, for the purpose of money. person must give up all his money not to break Shabbat. And therefore, even if a person, let's say a person was on an island and he has a house on the island, he knows that he's the only person on the island. He knows for a fact. And a fire breaks out in his house on Shabbat. And he knows that he could simply uh, go for a walk in the pool and he is safe from the burning house. But the house cost him $25 million. It's on his own private island in Florida, let's say. People have their own little islands over there with their, um, what, do they, what do they call them, Ralph? The little islands with their things in Florida. So people have their own little islands, and the guy knows he's the only guy on the island. He is a sewer to put out the fire on Shabbat. What do you mean? My house is going to burn down. Well, that's okay. Uh, on Shabbat, we give up all our money to save Shabbat. We don't break Shabbat for money, no matter how much money is on the line. Only if there's a person in it. Only if there's a person in it or a person possibly next door in it. But when right. you're on the island... What about, that, what about the Sefer Torah, Rabbi? I'm on my own land. I have my Sefer Torah in the house. Oh, that's the question of this pedic. Good. So the question is, you're on an island and you have a Sefer Torah or other thing in the house, now, you definitely are not allowed to put out the fire from the Sefer Torah. But maybe you're allowed to carry out the Sefer Torah. Now, that will depend on where you're carrying it out to. If you're carrying it out to Rishut Halabim, where you'll be doing an Isur Deoraita, then there is really no difference between carrying it out and putting out the fire. Carrying is Isur Deoraita, from, from one Rishut to the next is Isur Deoraita, and extinguishing is the Yisur Deoraita. As a matter of fact, extinguishing might even be Yisur Deoraita. It might be better to extinguish the fire than carry it. Because extinguishing, we said before, could be Malachah, She'en Tzichah if you do not need 
the uh, subsequent um, Rabbi, are you there? I think we lost him, We lost him. All right, so what do we do? If you see him on the Zoom or you don't see him anymore? No, I don't see him anymore. Maybe his computer died? Could Sorry be. about that. Ah, you, so, you like I said, it, it would be a Yisur de Oraita if you do not need this, the, the, the Yisur de if you don't need the ashes afterwards, or you're not trying to make a, a wick. So therefore, extinguishing is one thing. So we're discussing saving a Sefer Torah from a house into a Carmelite. A Carmelite is only Yisur de Rabbanan to carry there. And therefore, we want to do the rabbis suspend their laws of carrying from a house into a Carmelite in order to save a Sefer Torah or in order to save other different types of books. And that's the idea of today's critic, okay? Yep. Okay, with that introduction past us, let's begin the Mishnah. Kol Ketvea Kodesh, all holy books, Matzirin Otam We can save them from a fire. Now, we're presuming over here that one, just, just a history lesson, one should know that in the time of the Gemara, there was no printing press. And therefore, all the books were handwritten on parchment, usually. Okay? Now, Ben We don't care if it's talking about the type of scrolls that you're allowed to read on Shabbat. Uh, in the olden days, you were allowed to read Torah and Nevi'im on Shabbat, but not Kituvim. The rabbis made a Gezerah that you're not allowed to read Kituvim like Tehillim and other um, Migilot you were not allowed to read on Shabbat. This is because um, a person was, we, the rabbis were worried that if you read these Kituvim, First of all, the Haftarah is never from Kitubim. Uh, and the rabbis made Asur to read from these Kitubim on Shabbat because they're afraid you won't go to Shul. Because they're so interesting, you might not go to Shul. And therefore, what we were saying that not only could you do Sifarim, save Sifarim that we can read from, you can even say even save Sifarim that you're not allowed to read from, you're allowed to save them. Afapi Shiktubim Bicholashon. Even though they're written in other languages, like English, it's still okay. And no, no I'm sorry. Still, Toanim Giniza. They still re- require to be put in Shemot in Giniza. Why don't the rabbis let us read from these things, from a Tehilim on Shabbat? The rabbis are worried that you're not going to come to Shul, which means. In the older days, they used to have a rabbi give a, a, a shiur in the shul on Shabbat for everybody. And they have a lot of halakha things because people who are not working, 
In the older days, people worked all day, six days a week. You couldn't learn. So they would come on Shabbat, and that's when they hear all the halachot. The rabbis were worried that if you read Kitubim on Shabbat, you might get excited about it and not go to shul. Not go to shul. Okay. Beautiful. Now, says the Gemara. Itma, we learned that it was stated by the by the Amorim. Hayuktuvim targum if you have some some scrolls that are written in any language or Aramaic, you cannot save them. says you can't save them. So this is what you have to remember straight through this whole thing is that there is a Ravuna and Ravchista. And Ravuna is saying you can't save other language things, and Ravchista is saying you can. Now our Mishnah did not talk about saving them. Our Mishnah only spoke when it says about other languages, it says that they need Giniza for other languages. We didn't say anything about saving them. So therefore, right. it left it open, and the Machloker, Amoraim, Rav Huna, and whether or not you could save them. Okay? According to the rabbi who holds that you're allowed to read from scrolls that have that are written in translation, a scroll in English you're allowed to read from. The Machlokan, if you're allowed to read from it, but if you say that you're allowed to read from these things, everyone agrees that if you're allowed to read from it, you're also allowed to save it from a fire. Why not? If I'm allowed to read from it, so that it's holy, and I could save it from a fire. However, keep the whether or not you could save these things is assuming that you're not allowed to read from them. Why? He says you can't read them. You can't read them um, because you're not allowed to write them. If you're not allowed to write them and you're not allowed to read them, then why should you be allowed to save them? That's Ravuna. Very simple. He's the easy way out. Of course, if you can't read them and the rabbis don't want you to be writing these things in English, then you shouldn't be... You shouldn't be saving them on a Shabbat either. Okay? And Rav Chista Amad, Matzin, you can't save them. Why? Mishum Bizeyon Kodesh. The reason why you're allowed to save them is even though you shouldn't have written them, but it's an embarrassment to a, a, a holy thing to allow it to get burnt. And that's why Rav Chista says, still, you're allowed to save these English language translations. Okay? The Gemara now is going to go back and forth on Rav Huna. Again, Rav Huna was the rabbi who said you can't save them. And we're going to start attacking Rav Huna now. Says the Gemara, Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, any holy garments you could save from a fire. Any holy, not garments, any holy uh, writings you could save from a fire. Ben Shukurim Ben, Ben Shukurim whether you could read them or whether you can't read them. Even though they're in any language. Now, my love, must be we're talking about. The ones that you're allowed to read from is the Nevi'im, which you're allowed to read. And you're not allowed to read from is the Kitubim. And when it says, which you're not allowed to read. And still you see 
it's a question of Huna because you see that you could save things even though they're not readable and they're written in any language. So if Huna wasn't around when this question was asked of him. But the Gemara is saying, had Huna been around, he would have answered the following. Is the way you're explaining it logical? Which means, if why would the Mishnah have to tell you that these things need Giniza? If you're allowed to save them from a fire, like if Christ is claiming the Mishnah is saying that you're allowed to save them from a fire, then of course if you can save them from the fire, you have to, you have to bring Giniza. You think you can save them from the fire and then you not, don't have to bury it? Of course you do. Right? Right. Rather, what's it talking about like this? Each rabbi will explain the mission the way they want. Ravuna will explain the mission like this. Whether you're reading is referring to Nabim. If you can't read from that, talk about Ketubim. Right? But Mandarin, one of these words said, so they're adding these words to the Mishnah. That the Mishnah says, that's only when it's in Hebrew. Right? language, you can't save them. But still So Rabun is gonna stick that little piece into the Mishnah where he's telling you that if it's in any language, you can't save it, but you still have to bury it. Okay? will answer the Mishnah this way. This the Sarim that you're allowed to write it is Nabi'im. And the ones that you can't write about Kitubim. Jackie, I'm giving you a class. Could you call me in 20 minutes? No, I'm not. Aaron, come on. Come on. That's not how we talk. I'll talk, talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. So it says the Gemara. Whether it's in any language, you can always save it. When they said about the Geniza, it wasn't talking about the actual books. It's talking about once they got decayed, if you had a, a cloth and it started coming apart, and now it's only, uh, it's destroyed already, it still needs Geniza. And that's the part saying, so it's missing what it's talking about. The words Umakachlem is the missing part. And that therefore fits well, the Mishnah is going to fit well according to both rabbis, each rabbi in his own way. So we, we tried to knock off Rav Huna. We knocked off the question. And now we're going to take a second stab at it. Metivi, we asked the question. If it's written in Targum or in any language, you could save it from a fire. So it says straight out, written Targum and any language, you could save it. Mm-hmm. Uh, who said you can't save other languages because you can't read them. Oh, you quoted me that Brighta? That Brighta must have been written. By the rabbi who says you're allowed to read them. Since he says you're allowed to read them, that's why he says you can save them. But me, who holds like the rabbi who says you can't read them, 
everyone should say that if you can't read them, you can't save them. Not like Rechista, like me. Beautiful. Tashma, we have another challenge. Hayukot vin gifterit madit ivrit alamit yevanit. If you have a one that's written in the following languages, Coptic, Medium, Ivris, Ilamin, and Greek, Avapi, Shalom, the Kropahem, even though you're not supposed to read in these languages, you still could save it. To you have to it's a question of Ravuna. Now, this one, he can't dance his way out of Ravuna because this one says straight out, it's written in the other languages, and it says you can't read them. So don't say, oh, yeah, that one's talking about the rabbi who says you're allowed to read them. It says you're not allowed to read them and you can save them. That's right up like Ramachista and not like Ravuna. Do you have to do Ravuna? Question on Ravuna. You with me, Carl? Yeah. Good. Answers the Gemara. Why, why, why is there such a difference between Nevi'im and Ketuvim? Oh, okay. So the Rashi had said before, I, I maybe I glossed over it. Rashi had said before that, first of all, Nevi'im are necessary because a person has to read the Haftarah. Is a haftarah is always in Nevi'im. You'll never find a haftarah ever in Kitubim, like Rut or Esther or Yob or Tehilim are never, it, there's never a haftarah from those things, always Nevi'im. So since we need it for the, for the haftarah, that's a reason why we can't make it a sore anyway. Okay? Right. Mm-hmm. The other reason is because it's, because it's more drawing, it's more interesting. Um, there's a Mishnah in Yoma that says that when the Kohen Gadol is not allowed to sleep, they read in front of the Kohen Gadol in Iyov in, in and Daniel and Devayamim, things that are interesting. So it seems like interesting things to listen to read are, are Kitabi. And that's why the, that it's going to prevent people to come back. Okay. You see, that, you see, Ralph, that people are supposed to come back to shul on Shabbat uh, Carl, this might be not relevant <laughs> for you, but people are supposed to come back for the classes right before, uh, you know, right before Mincha, you know? Seems like that's what they used to do. And uh, the, look, they made these things, you're not allowed to read Tehillim because maybe you won't come to the class. I mean, I'm not saying anything. That's, what, ha- that's what happened, Rabbi. That's what happened. I was too busy. I was too involved. Yeah, and, and I'm not <laughs> saying that this not relevant ever to Uncle Carl, but I'm just saying that in case there was someone out there who might not come back to the other classes, it would be it would behoove them to listen to this Gemara. Look what look at what length the rabbis are willing to go to get them to come to the class. I'm in Queens, Rabbi. Yeah, I know, I know. Oh, we're, guys, we're being recorded. I forgot, I forgot to record the bird. Let's go. Says the Gemara. Okay. So we have it now. We have, it looks like we have Ravuna against the ropes, right? Here we have a, a, a Brita, and it says you're not allowed to read it. It says it's another language, and still. It's telling you can save it, like Rav Chista. Rav Huna will tell you the following. Tanaihi, you're right. That writer is against me, but it's actually Machloket Tanaim, and I'm going like a different rabbi, a Rossi. What? If it's written in another language, you can save it. says he can't save it. Okay? Amar Rabbi Yossi, Maaseh, there was a story, Rabbi Yossi proving his point. Maaseh ba'ab ha'chalifta sh'alach etzer avan gamayel b'nabi l'tveria. One time, Abba Khalifta followed Rabban Gamliel, the son of Rebbe, to Tveria. So Rebbe's son, the one who wrote the Mishnah's son, 
was also called Rabban Gamliel. Don't confuse him with Rebbe's grandfather, who was also Rabban Gamliel. Okay? Right? They saw that he was sitting at the table of Yochanan Zuf. And he had a Sefer Yov with a translation that he was reading. So the guy is actually reading the translation. Okay. Amalo. So he told him. I heard, I remember that your grandfather, Rabban Gamliel, he was sitting on, standing on a step in Halabait, because Rabban Gamliel, the older Rabban Gamliel, he was based in Yerushalayim before the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed. Rabban Gamliel, the son of Rebbe, was way after the Beit HaMikdash was destroyed, and he was, he, he was sent in Tveria, in the city of Tiberias. Okay? So I remember your grandfather Yerushalayim, and they brought him a Sefer Yov that's written in other languages. He told the, the builder who was fixing something there to bury it under the bricks. So he didn't let you read it. And here you are, you're his grandson, and you're reading the Sefer that your grandfather, the Beit HaMikdash, buried, and you're just reading it here on a nice summer day? Right? Mm-hmm. So when Rabban Gamliel, the son of Rebbe, heard this, he said, okay, put in Geniza. Another rabbi says that they, they put clay over it so you couldn't read it anymore. Okay? Yeah, you saw from the first Rabban Gamliel that he wanted to bury it because he told the guy who was building the building to bury it under the bricks. Right, and it's a machlok at what he did. One rabbi says that he buried it. Rabbi says he buried it. And Rabbi Yosef says that they didn't bury it, but they covered, they threw a, a clay on it. Okay? They told him the first Rabban Gamliel? The first Rabban Gamliel. the second one? The first one. First one, okay. Now, I'm a Rebbe. So Rebbe said about this, it can't be that he did the clay. He's agreeing to the story with the under the brick, but not the clay. Why? Number one, where's there ever clay on Harabait? You you're not allowed to use clay in the Beit HaMikdash. Okay? Then why would there be clay on the Beit HaMikdash? Also, when you see a, a scroll that you're not allowed to use, you're not allowed to get rid of it with your hands. You could leave it till it gets destroyed on its own, but you can't pour clay on it. You leave it in a place that's not garden and let it go away on its own, but you don't do it with your hands. So therefore, I don't like that thing that you tell me that you put clay on it. But either way, we saw the story, Montana, so... In this past story, in the Brita that we just mentioned, right, which says that if it's written in Targum, there's, there's Tanakama and Rabiosi, right? Who's like who? Elam and Tanakama. If we want to say the Tanakama of the thing, who was the rabbi who said 
that you could save it is going like Rav Chista, right? Rav Yossi and Rav Yossi, who doesn't let, is like Rav Huna, maybe they're not arguing, more something to do with the Kropem, more something to do with not necessarily, because it could be that the argument whether or not you're allowed to save it is paralleling the argument of whether or not you're allowed to read it. And Rabbi Yossi, who's letting you save it, is because he lets you read it. I'm sorry. Rabbi Yossi doesn't let you save it because he doesn't let you read it. Tanakamu lets you save it because he says you're allowed to read it. And Rabbi Yossi returned the gift to read. Must be that the Mishnah is, is Rabbi Yossi who doesn't let. And the Brisa of the gift to read, of the Coptic, of the other language is the is the Tana. Okay? And therefore we don't have a proof. Okay. Says the Gemara. Tana Rabanan. Habrachot va kimi'in. If you have a bracha written on a paper, or a kamiya, where someone wears, Alpha Pishmam Otochil Shel Shem Uma. Even though it has his Shem names and it also has also pieces from the Torah, you can't say these Bilakot or the Kamiyas from the fire on Shabbat. You leave him in his place and let it get burnt. Them and the Shem of Shem of Shem. Mikana move from here, we learned. Therefore, we say that anyone who writes berachot down on a paper, in the old days, used to pray by heart. And if you wrote down a berachah on a cloth, we said, if you do that, it's like you're burning it with your hands. Why is it like you're burning it? Because it's going to happen a time where there'll be a fire. You won't be able to save it. It's like you're burning it. You're going to have to watch it burn. There was a guy who was writing berachot on, on cloths in Sidon. And Rishmael went to check him to see if it's true. When Rishmael was climbing the ladder, the guy heard that the guy that Rishmael is sneaking up on him. And he's going to realize that Rishmael is going to watch him and he's going to see that he's doing new things that are not like writing berachot. He took a packet of berachot, which is like our sidurim nowadays, and he stuck it into a thing of water. Now, when you stick it into water, all the ink comes off, and you, you're erasing Hashem's name. told him, You did two avirot. Number one, you're writing sidurim down, which you're not supposed to do in those days. And number two, is you stuck it into water when you heard I was coming. The sticking into water was worse than the first one. Because you're erasing it. What are you erasing Hashem's name? Okay. Ba'imine Rish Luta Rabbi Ravuna. The Rish Luta asked Rabbi Ravuna, "Hayukotvim b'sam u'b'sikra b'komos." If they wrote it with paint, not regular ink, or pigment, or gum, or iron, b'lashon akodesh, but you're writing it in b'lashon akodesh. You can save it from the fire. Or you can't do it. Which means, can you save it if it's not written in regular ink? It's written in funny ink. 
Says the Rish answers back the following. Rish is a Jewish guy who was in charge of the country. Your question only comes according to the rabbi who says you can say translations. You can ask the question also according to one who says you can't, you can't save. You can ask according to the one who says you can't save. Why? When did we say you can't save? That's in another language. But here, since it's in Hebrew, you have to save them. Or maybe you'll say, and even according to the one who says, normally you do save. That's if you wrote it in black ink, which can last very long. Since you wrote it in paint, which doesn't last as long as black, maybe you would think you can't save it. So the question is really both ways. So what does he say? Amaleh and Matzirin. He says you can never save it. But didn't Rav Huna say you could save it? Amaleh, Itanya, Tanina. Which means, oh, if Rav Huna says I have a brighta, I give in. So Rabbi Rav Huna only told the Rish Kutah that he's not allowed to use it because he was talking from his own. But if there's a brighta, he gave in. My Tanya, which brighta is talking about that says that you're allowed to save these Sefer Torahs in Hebrew written in other inks. The Tanya and Ben Sifarim and Megillah is not the Sifarim. And the Megillah is there. El Sifarim is the Kolashon. And Megillah has written in Hebrew language. Megillah has written in Hebrew language on a Sifar. And it has to be written with ink. So you see that the other Sifarim do not have written in ink. And therefore, it sounds like it's fine, not like the brighter. Biden, are you with me, guys? Yeah. Okay. So Biden, if the Megillah is written in black ink, Rabbi, you have to save it, no? Or yes, you're allowed course. to save it? Yes, of course. Ah, according to this opinion. That's what we're saying now. Mm-hmm. Well, we're right. saying it's kosher, but it still is kitubim. So if it's written in English, it should be not necessarily, but if they're in Hebrew, yes. Right. Okay. It doesn't have 85 letters. In order for it to need Geniza, it needs to have 85 letters intact. If it doesn't have the 85 letters, so it's not a Sefer Torah, and it doesn't need Geniza. So the guy... Right, 85. That's the number, because that's the number in, Hashem, in double Hashem's name. Uh-huh. Okay? So, I'm sorry, also is the parasha in the Torah. And it says, Meaning, if you can't find 85 letters, can you still save it, or you can't save it? If it's in a fire, on Shabbat. I'm a lawyer, so he told him back, Forget about the 85 letters, which is by Ibn Saadon, that's the number of Ibn Saadon. But even if you have the whole Ibn Saadon, which is its own, so its own Chumash in the middle of the Sefer Bamidbar that we had before, what if, if you have only that ring, could you say that? Where it says, no. Of course, if I've been so alone, of course it's no good. 
קמדית בהשכלות, אבל גם לפני 85 אותיות, מצילים. Since it has a Shem's name, you can save it, even though it doesn't have so much, so long. Keep on the Shem to the Shem Bolokit. You find the Shem to the that doesn't have enough to get 85 letters, but what's the law? Do we say you can save it or not? I'm alive, I'm alive, and I'm saving it. So if not one said, you're not allowed to save it. Eight, we ask the question, you're really not allowed to save it? Right? Tagum, she got on the Kra'a, um, a crash, got on Tagum, but Tavivit, but you know, the Mother of the Kra'a. It says if you have something Arabic that's written in Hebrew, or Hebrew written in Arabic, or you have the old Ivory script, you're allowed to save these things. Of course you could save them for the Targum that's in Sefer Ezra. Okay? Of course you can do it for those things. Okay. Now, Targum Shemitorah Maininu. Where do you ever see Aramaic words in the Torah? There's no such thing. The Torah is only Hebrew. So there's no. Yigashaduta. Lavan Arami made a pile of stones that they were supposed to remind him and Yaakov that they're not going to attack each other. It says that Lavan called that pile of stones Yigashaduta, and Yaakov called it Galed. But there's, you see, two words in Aramaic that are part of the regular Kumash. Yigashaduta. It sounds like even though you don't have 30, 85 letters, you still have to save it. That's against Rav Nachman. That's against Rav Nachman. It says that any less than 85 letters you have to save cannot be saved. When we said the bright, they were talking about when you finished all 85 letters. But otherwise, you wouldn't be chayav. You didn't do all 85 letters. Okay, we're going to stop over here. Ibayalu, five lines at the bottom. Okay. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Ralph, have a safe trip. Rabbi, Thank tomorrow you, Rabbi. Are you having it like the 9 o'clock, 9.30? What's the, what's the story? Uh, tomorrow, I might be moving to Lakewood tomorrow. If okay. I am, I don't know what I'm doing. I might go before or after. I have to like, tomorrow. Thursday is going to be, is that the ship at 9? Thursday's what? I can't hear you. 9. 9. Okay, fine. Okay. All right. You'll let us know Thank tomorrow. You, Thank Take you. Care. Have a safe trip. Bye bye. Have a good night. Bye. Good night,